Welcome back to GGM UK's podcast, placing women and ethnic minorities at the heart of all of our projects. You are locked in with Grove Girl media reporters, Orla and Danielle. Today we're going to be speaking about asexuality, a topic that is really close to my heart. In this episode, we will be talking about the asexuality spectrum, which is split into two orientations. The first is romantic and includes terms such as aromantic, which means that you are not romantically attracted to anyone of any gender, biromantic, which means you are attracted to people of both genders, and heteromantic, which means you are attracted to people of the opposite gender. There's also other terms such as panromantic, and the spectrum can be viewed on the Huffington Post website. The other side of the spectrum includes sexual orientations, which include asexual, which means that you are not sexually attracted to anyone, and then demisexual, which means that you may experience a small sexual attraction or it develops as you get to know a person more, and then of course sexual, which I feel doesn't really need an explanation. And we're joined with three very lovely guests. So we have Tola, Yasmin and April. Now I'm going to open the floor to my lovely guests to introduce themselves. Do you want to start, Tola? (laughs) <laughs> yeah so hi I'm Tola um I'm yeah pretty much biomantic I would say um yeah I think I didn't really like come out I guess I guess I just brought it up when I felt it was relevant to the conversation um hi I'm Yasmin Bamba I'm a model and aromantic asexuality activist my name's April and I am a journalist operating in Liverpool and I identify as an asexual person. I'm not sure whether I'm panromantic or, or biromantic, but I just see how um, relationships go. Great, and I think it's nice that also we have people at different parts of the spectrum because um, I myself definitely identify as asexual, so I would say that I'm heteromantic. Um, but again, I'm at that stage where I'm very new to asexuality, so I don't really know much about it. So I hope that I get to learn a lot about it from all of you. So I think it's nice if we obviously answer what it is, because there's so many myths about it, some very humorous, I'm sure. Um, but I guess in simple terms, how would you define asexuality? Um, I've always just seen, had, seen as like just like the lack of like sexual attraction to like another person. So like I would look at someone and, and I wouldn't think, oh, I want to have sex with you. It's just it's never been that for me, you know. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much like the basic version of it for me anyway. That's how I've always seen it. Yeah, um, I kind of define it the same way. Uh, lack of sexual attraction, low levels of sexual attraction, no sexual attraction, lack of sexual desire towards other people. I always say like it's a sexual orientation that just isn't oriented anywhere. People tend to kind of understand that when I say that. Um, but yeah, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that as well as that it's mainly kind of looking at how you um, are, whether or not you have, whether or not you experience physical attraction to some to another person, and also kind of for me it's never really been something that particularly computes with me. I've just never really seen to have got how people are um, attract, physically attracted to, to one, one sex or, what, or a certain part of somebody's, bo- of somebody's body for, for whatever reason. Um, when people kind of talking about um, whether or not somebody was, whether or not a peer was sexy or whether they had, whether or not they were attractive, it just didn't seem to click with me with anyone and for me that's what what asexuality is 
but I also appreciate that it's different for other people as well. I guess with all of you, was there a particular time in your life when you realised you were ace? So what was it like? Um, and I guess who was the first person that you told that you were asexual? Um, I guess, I mean, I think it was that time where like, everyone is on Tumblr and everyone is doing like feminism, feminism, can I even talk feminism, you know? And um, I was just like, just putting as a feminist accounts, they were like posting all these like definitions and everything. And then the asexual one kind of came up and I was like, hmm, this is, this seems to hit home. So, and now like look at, look into it more and everything. And I was like, oh, okay, this kind of seems like where, where I'm at. And I think I was about, um, how old was I, like 15, 16? But before, before that, so like in secondary school, like obviously people were talking about like boys and everything. And I just, I just disengaged from the conversation. Like I didn't care. I was just there like, I just want to pass maths. That's my concern right now. And then in like college, like all my friends were like talking about sex with their boyfriends and everything. And I was like, again, I was like, I just... I just don't care, you know. And then I don't think I really like said anything to like so my best friends were the first ones I told, but I kind of just like I just kinda like, sent them a screenshot of the thing I saw on time. I was like, by the way, this is me. Like, oh yeah, okay, cool. And kept it moving and I it hasn't really come up because it doesn't you know like need to come up, you know. So I just kinda just think I've been like, oh by the way, this is the label that I've uh, applied to myself and they're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like okay cool and just you know just that's how it's been for me anyway as far as like everyone else in my life is like I, like I don't feel like I need to think I don't feel like it apply, like applies to my everyday life so unless it's like like it doesn't like it doesn't really like come up it's not something I feel like I need to like tell people because I don't feel like it's relevant you know what I mean like it isn't like a massive thing um yeah for me i i worked it out when everyone else seemed to realize that they weren't asexual so like early puberty when i was around 10 i learned the word when i was about 15 because people kept quizzing me on my sexuality and eventually someone mentioned asexuality so i did some googling and found out what it meant i did not really frequent tumblr so i didn't really learn about much on tumblr or on social media so i didn't really use it that much in secondary school um aside from like facebook to talk to my classmates but I didn't really like Facebook either um so yeah that was kind of how I I just worked it out based on people constantly asking me questions and trying to make me work it out and based on realizing that I wasn't really reacting the same way as other people but I didn't really care too much about working it out or I wasn't very concerned about my sexuality at the time I felt like as you were saying in secondary school you kind of got bigger fish to fry I wanted to pass maths as well I didn't <laughs> And I, I wanted to just pass my GCSEs and focus on other aspects of myself. So um, it wasn't like at the top of my to-do list, but it was kind of higher up on other people's to-do lists for mm. some reason. You're listening to all of these accounts. I wonder whether that's it's got whether or not asexuality is lim is uh, linked to uh, mathematics in some way because <laughs> I was also kind of desperately trying to think about just passing GCSE maps. Yeah. So. It just made, it just made me smile to myself, though, just listening to both your accounts there, really. For me, I think, um, when I think about the first time I came across asexuality, I must have been 14. 
And this was before Facebook and, and Twitter and social media. I was doing this uh, project for GCSE Social Science, and it was about um, finding out what makes people who they are. And it was meant to be this sort of three-page, four-page piece of coursework. But I got really, um, I got really, really into this topic, and and I started to kind of look into sexuality. And sexuality had always been something that I'd found a really touchy topic for myself because a lot of people presumed that I was just a black and white, black and white lesbian because I wasn't somebody who was going out with um, going out with a with a boy, even though we went to an all all girls school. And I just managed to find this um, this. Um, definition of asexuality it was a very um very limited uh, term about it and it was one that i'd seen outside of the biology context and it just sat, made me sit back and think somebody who's not attracted to to male or females or or non-binary people and it just made me sit back sit back and think well you know that's actually this is actually touching the nerve of me why is this why am i why am i why am i curious about this and it linked to Aben. It actually had a little link into the um, Asexuality Vis Visibility and Education Network in there, which tells you how old that website actually is, really. But um, it was just um, kind of look from looking for a book for a GCSE coursework piece and then suddenly kind of going on to a fresh uh, website and kind of being able to talk to people all, all across the world who had the same sort of thoughts and perspectives that I did. So that was my introduction to asexuality. When I came out as asexual, I must have been, uh, I was about, seriously, I was, when I came out seriously, I was about 17, um, but it wasn't taken seriously. I think it was just kind of like, my my parents just kind of said, no, no, it's it, it, it just, you're you're closeted and that that's fine we love you we love you anyway but um it was um it took a long time for people to kind of get around what asexuality means to me and a lot of people even though i'm now 30 are still trying to get around that when i when i introduce my partner and say i've got i've got alex and i've lived with him for six years and they go but aren't you asexual what's going on there <laughs> so it's like a constant coming out process for me, I think. I think it's also interesting, April, that you mentioned biology, because I think the first time I came across it was in a biology class when I think it was a strawberry plant was asexual. So I didn't make the link between humans and asexuality. And then I think it was in like 2015, I came across a BuzzFeed video and it was talking about asexuality. And I thought, what is this? Like this kind of relates to how I feel. And that's when I started to think perhaps this is who I am as a person. It was only like when I was 21, 22 that I thought, oh, this is actually me. And also it's funny that you mentioned Avon because um, you obviously have Yasmin who is on the board. Uh, so it's amazing to obviously have you here. And um, I guess also I want to ask Yasmin is, why did you decide to become an activist for this cause and also become a part of Avon as well? Like how did it help you? felt like there wasn't much representation for asexuality and there definitely wasn't any representation for black asexual people and then I was I was kind of already modeling and I already had like a fair amount of followers and I was like 
can't really complain that there's no black asexual representation if I'm black and asexual and I have a platform and I'm not doing anything about it. So I just kind of mentioned it around like National Coming Out Day 2017, not really thinking people would care very much, but they did. And then there was the ACE conference, which was kind of, that was in 2018 afterwards. I think National Coming Out Day is like late 2017. And then the conference was like early 2018. Um, and it was in London, which isn't far from me because I'm in Reading. So I was on, I was a speaker at that. And then things just kind of, went on more from there although I didn't really by the time I finished my master's which was when I was actually kind of like okay what am I going to do now by then I realized that like somehow the activism had snowballed and I saw people kind of like referring to me as being like a leading activist or like a icon and all those kind of funny terms that people come up with and I was like okay I feel like I I should probably do something with this then if if people are gonna like put me on that pedestal I might as well actually be doing something actively um and yeah so I just kind of went with the flow more and it wasn't really intentional but I kind of just went with it and as for even I I I knew of them like we'd crossed past before just doing stuff um, but then they kind of like reached out to me because I guess they realized that I was becoming more well-known and it just kind of made sense to have me on side if I'm going to be like representing asexuality, like in the media and doing all this activism and stuff. Um, so yeah, they invited me to join their board and I'd worked with them before. So it just kind of made sense. And, and yeah, so I've been with them for about a year or so now. Yeah, it's really interesting kind of hearing your guys' coming out stories because I came out as bi in, I think, like 2017. And for me, I've been on the internet at that time, there was so much kind of about bisexuality, but not that much about kind of other sexualities. If it was just the corner of the internet I was on, but thirdly, I wasn't that familiar with like asexuality and others. And so I think that obviously makes coming out process harder if you have to like look for those resources to try identify one with your feelings so I guess this is for Tola and April what other resources have you guys seen or that helped you kind of come to terms with your sexuality um like if it isn't anything I'm like I don't know I think it's just again watching just like a bunch of videos and like loads of like pages on like Instagram and getting back then like when I was on Tumblr for so for back time and then just memes i just found loads of ace memes and i was like yeah this is basically sums it up you know so just trying to like make it like a humorous thing i guess as well which is how i like deal with things i guess memes are so popular in so many contexts and they make things a lot easier to digest and i think it's kind of like a language for millennials and gen said it's something that we've had growing up so and you talk about topics like asexuality through memes. I think it just makes it easier for people to understand. Also, just make it less of a taboo. Like, it shouldn't be such a big deal when someone says, I'm ace. So if someone comes out as being bi or gay or trans, it should be normalised. Um, and it's sad that people are still really, I guess, stigmatised for being parts of groups that are maybe not the majority. Like, we all get them and they're... Like you said, they're a great way of spreading important information, but not in kind of a traditional educational sense. So, yeah. And I think as well, um, memes also kind of touch on everyone's um, 
in some on, on various different levels they all kind of touch on people's sense of humor and humor almost always um, wins people over kind of opens them up to ideas it's a way for just like the community to just like kind of develop our own little online culture i think in recent years uh, LGBTQ plus representation has got better, but I don't know about you guys, but I see it a lot more with kind of like homosexual couples or like, it doesn't seem to be going broader than that. It's like, this is the representation that we're comfortable putting out there, like two guys falling in love, two girls falling in love. You don't really see the other communities within that. And I think that's, do you know, the next step to getting education out there what do you guys think Riverdale you know I would hope yeah Riverdale so like in the comments like Jughead is supposed to be asexual like in in the show they were like "Ah, no they're like yeah he's gonna have sex with Bay all the time we're like okay well it's close and hmm, nothing you know so that was like kind of annoying I think in some shows they are trying to have that ace representation Um, because I know that on sex education I think they have an ace character. I didn't actually watch it, but well, there was a side plot for one episode for about four minutes. Okay, I don't know if it was the argument. I watched it. I didn't even notice. If you blink, you'd miss it. So you got to really <laughs> focus. Let me let me go back and revisit and just you know proper pay attention this time. Like if you got up to get a cup of tea, you would have it would have finished already. <laughs> you really had to like be watching closely for. It was a good moment, but it was a moment in a two season episode, like series about sexuality. So I was like, it's cool, but is that it? <laughs> like, I'm not rejoicing over four minutes of a ginger white girl saying she's asexual. I don't feel oh, safe. Oh, oh yeah, that's it. I remember but. now, I remember now. That's, yeah, okay. Clearly didn't have that much of an impact on me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for some people, I mean, I saw people that like, oh my God, I cried. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, cute, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, okay. That's nice, I guess. Brief, but nice. <laughs> the only character I've ever met in it, or I've ever seen in any sort of show that's demonstrated or openly said that they're asexual was a, is a character in Emmerdale. And I don't even watch it that often, so I don't even know the character's name, but it's a young girl. And it's when whenever she's played, it's just basically kind of whenever asexuality comes up it's just quite literally a small topic in 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 a conversation and it doesn't really feel like there's any sort of real um representation maybe it's just kind of the fact that the character is asexual and that's that but sometimes you just kind of sit back and you want can we develop this a little bit more can we flesh it out a little bit more and make this person a little bit more interesting give them a little bit more time Show a little bit of us on the screen. I mean, as I say, someone who works within the media, there is, I could, the characters that have actually said they're asexual on screen is literally the girl from Emmerdale, um, taught on Bojack Horseman, and using the actual word asexual, that is it. Some of them have used the word asexual behind the scenes and then never actually said it on the show. But those are the only two that have actually said I'm asexual on TV. So we have two in the entirety of the media, technically. Kind of shocking when you put it like that. It's like, how is this, how is this in 2020 that there's only two characters in like all of the media that have said, like, I'm, a, I'm asexual? When they, like people are talking more and more about kind of sexuality 
in general, I think that it, there should be that development to putting it out there more and giving characters like a proper A storyline. I also, I think as well, giving them like not having their asexuality define them as a person. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, kind of having your sexuality define all, all that you are type thing. I think that's why like pretty much like again because I'm a, I, like I'm a private person like naturally so again it's just something that I would like think to be like, oh by the way I'm ace just like it doesn't you know just doesn't come up but um, and then like there are so many I'm um, so many more things like outside of that you know and it's like it is not my personality trait you know so like I'm a girl who like like I like sci-fi movies I like comic books I like um I like eating food so a bunch of other stuff that I like that isn't just me being ace you know I feel like for me it's it's I mean it's ironic that it's kind of ended up being something that I end up talking about all the time because the reason I didn't talk about it for so long was because I was like one I didn't think anyone would care but it turned out that they did and two like it it was never a huge part of who I was is like it's a it's an absence of something or it's a way I experience something differently but I don't walk down the street as a brazenly asexual person that's why I was always like I have bigger fish to fry I'm like I'm like a black girl in a predominantly white area like being asexual is not the number one thing I'm trying to navigate in this world (laughs) so for me that's why yeah I I always felt like it it kind of wasn't like at the top of my focus list but then ironically it's kind of become part of the job is talking about it so um and then but then in doing that it's helped me realize how much there is a need to talk about it because I get so many like different reactions or I've seen how how much it is left out of a lot of things compared to other Mm. orientations um, but then I feel like in the media, it's almost, I feel like it's a bit of a cop-out when it, when they're like, oh, we don't want it to be all the characters about. It's like, it's nothing the characters about. <laughs> you just don't want to say the word. I think it's always great to hear your perspective because, um, you know, I agree. Again, there's really not that much representation, which is kind of why we need, obviously, more discussions about it. Um, and I think also looking at pop culture. So we have a game, um, which is obviously make these lyrics ace-friendly. So I don't know if anyone's noticed, but I've seen with a lot of songs, they are very sexual in nature. And I guess it kind of goes without saying sex sells. So people really use that formula in a lot of their songs. Um, But it can be hard for ace people because they might not find a song or an artist they relate to because they just don't feel that sexual connection, which is addressed in a lot of these songs. So I suggested a few different songs. Um, I'm not sure if any of you looked at them um, or maybe you've had your own song lyrics that you've worked on you've made ace friendly but um i thought for holiday kids the lyrics reads no one else in the world could ever come close to you baby and it says we're lasting forever my baby and you're turning me on Uh, and then i changed the lyric to turning me on is a no-go but buying me lint truffles is the way to go Oh, mine will be strawberry trifles. I love trifle. Everyone who knows me knows I love trifle. Mine will be strawberry trifles is the way to go because ugh, my favorite dessert. Oh my god. Yeah, I so think I think it's food related. Now I'm thinking about food, but yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I'd make it so instead of being like, but you're turning me on, I'd be like, but you're buying me pizza because I'm hungry because I haven't had pizza in ages. So make it pizza related. So nice. I had Domino's. I'm more of a Papa John's person. I've never had Papa John's. They have stuffed crust, which is an essential for me. Oh. No, I like the sound of that. (laughs) No, that's actually quite. Quite coincidental that you mentioned about pizza, actually, because I've got all the ingredients to make a, make a pizza in the fridge, so I might make that later. <laughs> just kind of kitchen a bit. For me, I'd probably again, it would probably be some sort of reference to food, because for me, we were just talking before about hot chocolates and how important they are to my life, and the biggest, um, the nicest thing that people can do do for me when I need to kind of wind down and just sit down and watch and watch. Um, and watch a movie, whether it's with by myself or you know with um, with um, a partner. It's just kind of so if somebody gives me a hot chocolate, they're in my good books for the day. That's it for me. Yeah, so pretty much. Little hug and a Oh, but I'm looking through those lyrics again now, and it's just um, again it's the idea of sex selling, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. um, I know, but it's also, um, I guess, because of things like this, um, I guess people make up assumptions about asexual people. So I know that there are lots of myths. Um, And I know that Yasmin, in one of the articles, you said, I think one of the myths someone suggested about asexuality was that it's somehow associated with veganism. And I found that quite amusing. That is the first time I've heard that. Same. That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, I've had that. I got that a lot um, when I did a documentary with Sky News, and like all of the comments, like that came through Facebook because they aired it on Facebook as well, was all about how I must be vegan. And I was like, the meatballs in my fridge disagree because I am <laughs> <laughs> very far from yeah, being vegan. Yeah, the, the chicken sandwich I had for lunch says no, she's not. <laughs> yeah, cheese toasty also disagrees with that. Yeah, that's so weird. That's definitely the weirdest thing I've heard. I'm just astounded by some people's assumptions sometimes about what asexuality is and what it's linked to and the the image of your your stereotypical asexual person is apparently also somebody who's vegan. I mean, there's nothing wrong with um, asexual vegans at all, but... Well, I'm one of them. Are there any other like asexual myths that you guys have encountered that have made you laugh or just feel a bit confused? When people, I think people always say that oh, this, oh, you like you just have to make the right person or like oh, like you went through like a trauma, your childhood. Not my childhood was fine. Nothing of the sort like happened. Um, that's I don't know. It's, like what I don't know. Like what else can I really say to that? You know, like, my, my childhood was fine as far as I'm aware. I think the one thing that I remember more than anything was um, my mum's reaction to it at first. Um, in the first couple of days um, afterwards was to just try and take me to the doctors to have my hormones checked. And it was this idea that um, oh you no such thing as somebody who is asexual. It's um, you've got a hormone imbalance or something, something similar to that. It turns out my hormones are absolutely fine. It's just um, 
I mean, my mum and I have a lovely, lovely relationship now, but back, um, back about 13 years ago, it was a little bit um, frayed, I think. And um, that she had a couple of um, misconceptions about what asexuality is for me. And I think that was a little bit of a learning curve for her in a way, because um, when the doctors turned around and said, actually, there's nothing wrong with your, with, um, your daughter's hormones, she's okay. She's like, oh, well, maybe I should take this seriously then. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one I've heard as well is that, um, is just that um, you're a tumbler person, you know, you're a tumbler girl and you're <laughs> just looking for attention. Yeah. Oh. Horrible one. Yeah. You just want to be edgy. It's like, no. You know. I, just like, I was edgy enough like... without being asexual, to be honest. <laughs> um, I know that, Yasmin, you said that you're aromantic, so um, you're not interested in dating. And I think in one article you said that a good friend is like a good partner. And to an extent, I really do agree because I haven't dated, but my friends have just been an amazing support network for me. And I feel like they do provide you with that emotional and that, that emotional support and with just support in general. And I guess to people that maybe would say that is incorrect, what would you say? Like, why do you think that a friend can be a partner? Well, I mean, if your partner is not your friend, then you're probably doing it wrong and your relationship probably sucks. So, yeah. <laughs> so that'd be my response. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I think I always look for, like, friendship first, I guess. Like, it's always easy to, like, start off as friends because that's where I'm more comfortable. And then you're more likely to get out, get information out of me by being friends. I've had boyfriends or girlfriends in the past, or, you know, it's usually been a case of um, that developing through a friendship. Yeah. Um, Typically through a lot of Doctor Who as it goes, or something similar to that, and just kind of being able to talk about that excessively with somebody, and then, you know, suddenly feeling comfortable in, in their presence, and, you know, but the friendship for me is absolutely top for me. That's the biggest part of the relationship for me. It really makes sense, and like Yasmin said, a good relationship, you know, you have to be friends otherwise you know something's not working and it's not the healthiest relationship I guess want to kind of ask if you have any advice for like young age people whether that's about kind of dating coming out or just with general advice to reassure people that you can be asexual and have perfectly happy fulfilling relationships I've seen many of those before. I know married asexual couples or people who are in relationships with people who aren't asexual and it's very much possible. So I think it's kind of portrayed as being like this hopeless, like loveless cause or something, but that isn't actually the case. Absolutely. And I think as well is that it's by coming out as asexual, it's kind of what I would say to somebody else would be that it's it's a way of being authentic and true to yourself. If this is who you are, then you should be able to share that with other people and be able to kind of have, be able to live live your life precisely as the way you were meant to live your life. Because I don't think anyone really chooses, chooses their uh, 
their sexuality or who you know or their gender or anything or anything of that sort it's just who they are it's part of their makeup really and like you said Jasmine it is um it's perfectly possible to be able to pursue happiness however you perceive it if you're asexual I think this is like wonderful advice and I know it's going to help a lot of people um and I guess a piece of advice that I would give is to also know that even though your sexuality is one part of you, it's not all that you have to offer. So don't think that people are just gonna judge you for being asexual and also surround yourself with people that do understand what it's like. I think it's also funny how April and I were part of the Gender Resources Fellowship Programme and I didn't really know that she was a, she didn't know I was. And it's, again, I think about also being able to talk about it and you don't have to write an article on it or even do a podcast but just talking about it to someone it's probably a bit better than keeping it to yourself and again knowing that there are organizations out there obviously like Avon and they also have um, places like Stonewall which is a wider LGBT community and obviously pride as well it's for asexuals as much as it is for every other identity within that bracket don't think oh because you're asexual you're never gonna find anyone like that really isn't the case like if that's even something that i have to like remember at some sometimes you know like oh it's advice <laughs> so good i don't know how to follow it but i guess you make a really good point that like, everyone's version of happiness is different and as long as you follow the path that you feel is true to you and will lead you to your happiness and you, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I guess that's what I would say. So, like, thank you all for taking part in our podcast. Um, as someone who didn't know that much about the asexual community and the as people in general, this has been so interesting and so eye-opening for me. I'm definitely going to look some things up after this. And yeah, thank you all so much. I've really loved listening to everyone's experiences here, so I've, I've absolutely loved it. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Now, now people know my my entire personal life. That's great. Thanks for having me, and I do a lot of podcasts. Join us next month for more GGM UK. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.